Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, welcome to In The Pink, the podcast with me, Natalie Pinkham where I speak to all sorts of different people, some of them high profile, some of them under the radar, but all of them interesting, with great stories to tell. Now, my guest this week has got to be on the podium when it comes to the most popular drivers in Formula One, Mark Webber. The down-to-earth, straight-talking Aussie managed to win the hearts and minds of British fans from the moment he joined the F1 circus. In this podcast, he tells me about the challenge of leaving home to pursue his motorsport dream, which meant coming to the other side of the world, and how he simply couldn't have done it without the loyalty, love, and ultimate determination of his wife, Anne. He gives his views on all the current talking points. He also reveals who was, and still is, his mentor, and the answer may surprise you. This is Mark Webber at his open and honest and most likeable best. Enjoy. It always feels as if England has taken you to our hearts in the same way that you have to yours. Mm. Is that how it feels to you? Totally. Absolutely. I think, um, you know, I moved here in 96 and I did all my junior racing here. Um, I, originally, I moved to... well. I was in Hainaut in Essex for six months, about eight months, which was from, from Australia. That's in a box room where I could hardly get myself straight in. But it was just like, it would talk about, a, and I was going to a gym down the road there, not a clue what I was doing. Talk about just like wandering around here going, I am just so no one here in this huge, you know, I mean, population, which, is, which it is, the UK. I mean, London is like, oh my God, I'm a country kid from Australia. You were like Crocodile yeah. Dundee, basically, I weren't was, you? I was. I was bloody Crocodile Dundee. I wasn't carrying a knife. I still don't <laughs> now. But, um, yeah, amazing how I did move around a little bit in the UK. And I just... It's funny because my dad loved English comedy. So open all hours and the two Ronnie, all that stuff. So I think that's sort of... He injected some of that into me, just the respect of how, um, what do you say, mate, I bloody love the poms, mate. I love the poms. They're so bloody funny. Rah, rah. So, <laughs> I mean, there's one thing, liking the humour and the culture. There's another thing, living in a box room in Haynock Park, like wondering, who am I? Where am I? I mean, you really were a fish out of water, weren't you? And and just tell us how that process happened. I mean, how did you end up there? Um yeah, well, I was I was racing in Australia um, in the sort of 94, 95. Um, and what was I then? So 17, 18. And then a bit of a scholarship, I suppose, to come to the UK. It was to be the best racing driver in the world 
you've got to come to Europe or England at that at that at that point in your career at that age group it's like tennis if you want to be you know in the tennis academies whether it's clay in spain or whether it's in in florida or where the weather's good for the tennis youngsters need to be exposed to that type of scene and, and the scene in europe and the uk that's the hotbed of talent back then so i needed to uh immerse myself in that environment so um i'd met Anne, my now wife um you know when i was about 17 um and she was working in Australia at the time and she said that um, you've got to give the UK a go and actually I'll go back as well and let's give it a go. So yeah, we're staying at uh, Anne's mum's house actually, the first because we didn't have a house obviously so we stayed. Um, Let's just cast your mind back a bit more to that childhood that you're talking about and um, what are the sort of standout memories for you from Mm. it? Was it a happy time? Was it full of laughter? As you Mm. say, your dad was just giggling non-stop to English humour, but you've always been an outdoorsy kind of person. Is is that what it was all about? I think um, I really reflect so, um, I mean, so many positives on on my childhood. I think because I grew up in uh, a rural area, so sport, community sport was massive. So my mum was huge on having a go and very little excuses so mum would take me to swimming club I was like mum I don't want to swim all strokes well you are swimming all strokes mum the water's freezing I know it's freezing up you're going to get in there and you're going to do it have my little speedos on you know it wasn't all it was just freezing and I'm just in this mum Wednesday night swimming club in Queen being like this is like if people know about where this place is and just you know it's just but it was amazing how the families got together all my buddies, we'd ride BMX bikes, we do. And I only look back now and sort of think just how simple, but yet how straightforward. And I went home to a brilliantly, like mum was a bit of a disciplinarian, but and dad was a bit loose with me in a good way. So he gave me a bit of the elastic band to stretch that relationship with mum. But in terms of my wild streak, which he'd certainly put fuel on to give me the chances to learn and I'd already injure myself. I mean, motorbikes, I was, you know, on the dirt bikes on the farm or stuff. And, and he'd, he'd love seeing that because he was jovial at heart himself. So um, just the, I suppose the license to, not the license to kill, but literally the license to go out and, and learn about yourself mm. with, you know, I wasn't, you know, they were very, very trusting of me. I, that's the, I, I believe they were very trusting of me, but yet had the discipline to say, okay, dad was massive on like if you damage anyone else's prop for him that was massive if you damage anyone else's property you are gonna have such a purple ass unbelievable but did that make it all the harder to leave that behind you mm. know because that does sound like a pretty yeah. incredible lifestyle to wrench yourself away from um it was and the first six months i got homesick so i thought that um you know, I left and I thought, okay, uh, I was so, so hungry. I was so passionate. I was so determined and borderline stubborn to, to make sure that, because I had quite a few people also say that, you know, you, you're you not going to last long over there. You'll come home with your tail between your legs. You know, and that for me was inspiring to say, well, I'll prove you bastards wrong. I, I will make this stick. And, you know, here, whatever we are, 23 years later, I am still here. So in, in a way, that's, I suppose, that mongrel side of sort of saying, well, I did make that stick, but you're right. The sort of the Iron Avenue, 16 Iron Avenue, the house I grew up in, and the house that I have so many incredible memories at, um, was gone. And um, it was tough for Mum because she's like, "Well, hang on, this is." She wanted to. I mean, she wasn't overly supportive of it. Um, 
so she was pretty disappointed that I was going to the other side of the world to race cars. So it's interesting that you obviously knew Anne from the outset and this was the start of obviously what's been an enduring relationship, you know, Mm. 23 years, as you say. She obviously had quite a big role to fill for you because she was looking after you, she was Mm. responsible for you, she's your managing you, and then she ultimately fell in love and became (laughs) your wife. It's a pretty incredible story, that. Yeah, it is. Um, I think that we did spend clearly, obviously, you know, a lot of time with each other when I first came over here, and then you, you just you just enjoy each other's company, and then you have the journey together, and then off off you go. Well, you know, you, you've you've got that, yeah, that journey together, and I suppose, and that focus, and and she had Luke. I mean, Luke mm-hmm. from from the previous relationship with Rod, and and um, so he was young. So I think Luke was whatever two or three, um, yeah, around two or three when when I met Annie. So. She was a single parent to a degree, trying to do the work. I had, you know, I was trying to, we're not getting going over here. So we had, it was tough when we first arrived here. It was, it wasn't straightforward, but, um, she was, and still is brilliant. I mean, that's why, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously married to her because it was amazing how the, the journey, um, when we had our tough moments, you need those mm. those rocks with you and the strong yeah. people that can navigate and get you through those tougher times. So, but she got you your first, gig with the yellow pages yeah. um, tell us about that moment because i remember you pulling that out as such a significant moment in, in all your lives and i'm sure well, how much was it for and what yeah. did it what did it mean to you yeah. at the time oh it's massive i mean i was racing in australia and um we'd actually been to the movies together i think in manly in the northern beaches in sydney um and she can typically she'll remember like an elephant she'll actually remember mm. what bloody movie it was <laughs> which i'm not i'm not great at movies again attention span race and drive i can't sit down and watch a bloody movie but um and driving back, phone rang, yellow pages, um, and well, we're very interested in because we she sent out like you know because my that's right, dad got a dad tasked her to say, Annie, can you send out a few sponsorship proposals because you know we're struggling for coin and rah rah, and we need some sponsorship to try and pay for the racing because we've got no no money to keep funding it, and um, she said, yeah, I'll send a few out. So she sent like you know she put a put a put a you know penmanship together and did a work and and. Um, Yellow Pages got one. Yeah, and they rang up and said, we're very interested in this and we're going to do the whole thing. So um, it was like 60 grand Australian, which was like phew, I mean, that's massive. Huge. Yeah. Absolute game changer. I mean, massive. So. And um, what about the other kind of uh, key people in your life? Mm. Who, who are the other mentors, if you like, that put their arm around you? Um, I know you also, you talk a lot about Dietrich Mateschitz mm. being quite a big influence. Second father... Easily is uh, Jackie Stewart. Yeah, oh. Sir Jackie, yeah. I think, um, I mean, the Weber family, um, I mean, it sounds a bit over the top, but it's just the way it is. I mean, I hold Jackie in the highest, highest esteem. I mean, he's been, and the family, I mean, they've been they've been great um, and are great to this day. I mean, um, we try and see each other a lot. Um, and just talk about, yeah, you know, um his hindsight is my foresight. There you go. Yes. You got it. So um, that's it. So every now and again, I mean, after Le Mans, there was something going on there and, and he rang up and says, Mark, just, you don't need to be doing this anymore. This is just Jackie. like, yeah. And he's like, and then I had the big crash in Brazil. Yeah. So he's like, and he's going, Mark, you know, because he was very disappointed about the standard of driving, you know, I mean, we all raced in Formula One, which is the level is obviously you know, pretty high as we know. And then you race in a mixed category in sports cars where you've got amateurs mixed with pros in phenomenal machinery and then mixed machinery and you're sort of like he's like mate there's just landmines everywhere you know mm-hmm. and he just 
presented it to me in a way, and it's just like, you know, so he's on the career side, on the on the on managing my my life out of the cockpit, the Monday to Friday stuff. He's been a tremendous example for me on on doing all the real real basics very very well. You know, Jackie's um, been great. Uh, so yeah. He's he's great. I mean, I think I just naturally have a tremendous and a huge amount of respect for that generation mm, anyway, mm. in or out of the cockpit, mm. like my dad's mates. It sounds like you did have a lot of uh, strong influence and advice growing up, but is there any advice you'd give to your younger self now, looking back? Uh, yeah, I think, um, yeah I think... Yeah, I think... You know, con- continuing... You know, when you believe that you're working hard, which I believed... Um, I I believe I really did work hard. I would like to have worked a bit more on the mental side of the mm. sport. I think physically I was definitely in one of the best shapes I could be in while I didn't leave anything on the table there in terms of my presence. Uh. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, my preparation on that. Probably seek out a bit more um, just to handle, just a bit of distraction control and just a bit of handling that, that last, because, I mean, pressure and you know, delivering and, and, and your breaking points is all generally around, you know, just all those distractions and, and what are those things that there's always something that will break someone, you know, like what is that final thing that's going to start to break you down? Mm. Um, and is it with your own performance? Is it with, you know, I mean, in our sport, as we know, so a lot of listeners, you know, will know, but it, it's such a it's such a technical sport. There's so many things which we have to contribute towards our performance on an engineering side that, We've got 500 people at the factory and we're trying to... So there's so many things that you learn along the way that you're like, wow, if I had a bloody known that early, earlier, or you've got columns of energy to say, I actually probably overcooked that column in terms of the energy I put into it, but if mm. I bloody just shift, shifted a couple of percent over to that one for myself um, in terms of how I, how I strip that down um, and probably... Um, 
even just things like probably just a bit more rest as well just mm. more rest more sleep you know plan better i always want to leave on you know, after races i want to get the first flight out of there and get out of there well mark actually you know i was busting to get back to back to your own bed but it's like sometimes it's like mate you just chill you know let's get so i i think i, I would have liked to have somehow brought a bit less stress into my mm. profession somehow so do you think you could have enjoyed it a bit more yes i think um that could have been yeah something which i should have it was quite interesting like my third last race after korea 13 drivers um we all got on a plane together we flew in a private jet from Korea to Narita and we started to get, we just had a few drinks on the plane and then we went out in Tokyo on the Sunday night. I after, remember you doing after, this. After I Korea, remember this. After the Korea. I secretly wanted <laughs> to be there, obviously. <laughs> yeah, you would have done well there, Pinky. Yeah. But obviously on that Sunday night. You had a massive session. Was massive. <laughs> Absolutely huge. We had 13 drivers. Monday goes by and then Tuesday, I had some other friends arrive and we all were talking about how amazing Sunday night was. I said, yeah, well, it sounds amazing, but, you know, if you're not there, are I said, I'll tell you what, we'll go again Tuesday night. So we went back to the Tuesday night. To the same place. Same place. Amazing. Massive, massive night again. I qualified on pole on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, only qualified on pole. So to answer your question, like, obviously... I was not going to be drinking like that, you know, and I rarely, I rarely drank when I was racing. So, mm. you know, to your point, what could I have done? Different? So could I just release the pressure valve, a sniff, not drinking at all? In terms of, like, no, I don't need to do that. But in terms mm. of just how intense I was and how individual and how sort of driven I was and probably how selfish, but if I just tried to enjoy it a bit and, and not let that, you know, the professional, the all encompassing sort of, you know, the, the whole global effect of it sort of, pull me down a bit mm. um i think that is definitely a component i could have um just but i saw that as showing other people especially my employee like if they found out i mean which they would i mean they knew it was my last two or three races mm. so Mark, you know, it was a bit of a thank you for all the drivers he's on his way anyway but um i just i was just very old school on that mm. and that was probably something that dad you know bashed into me that you know it's just like you're now yeah you're professional you've got standards and yeah. you've got to do things and but I don't know, I think um, the camaraderie between the drivers is actually a lot better than it might look from the outside. You know, the mm. fact that you went out and had this great night out. I remember talking to Daniel Ricciardo about it and he said, actually, it, it took Jules Bianchi's death actually to make them all sit up and realise they had mm. a, a genuine love and respect for each other. Mm. Is that something that we don't see enough of on the outside? And is that maybe something that you guys need to enjoy a bit more as well? Because it could be a bit of a lonely sport otherwise. Uh, 100% right, Pinks. I think um, a couple of things have happened, I think, of late. Um, I think when you say when something, when a huge incident like when we lost Yul Bianchi happens, to, it's a massive wake-up call to the guys to say, actually, you know, we're overcooking this. We're way too uh, selfish. We need to have a, a bit more respect for each other. Clearly, when we're wheel-to-wheel, you know, 200 mile an hour, the mm-hmm. helmet's on, we have to race hard. You know, but the whole, I suppose, the boxer mentality of, well, we can't even really be we can't do much at all together is is a bit of a um a step too far um and i think also what I, then what hit me between the eyes when i went and did when i finished racing in formula one going to sports cars just how because the different style of racing it is less intense and it's more mm-hmm. about the endurance so the wheel-to-wheel combat or the ego combat factor is a lot lower so you can actually the guards down 
and I was also at the end of my career. I was, you know, the contest was over in a way. I was just enjoying driving cars at that point. Mate, it's interesting that you talked about giving Seb a bit of advice because if you told me that a few years ago, I would never assume that you'd get onto those kind of terms with each other. Yeah. So maybe quite a lot's changed since you've come away from the competitive side in F1. Do you think that? Do you think the dynamic between you and Seb, and you and many others, has changed? You know. I know you've got a huge amount of respect for people like Fernando and, and you know, you're good mates with Brendan Hartley. And yeah. But do you think it's different now you're not racing alongside them? Massively, yeah, absolutely. I think when you come out um, and you, you know, we've had lots of good chats together with Lewis. I have, you know, I mean, Lewis, Seb and Fernando, I mean, they're the three in the last, you know, I mean, obviously I raced a lot against those guys, but they're, um, okay, they're not at the start of their careers. Fernando's, as we know, he's just retired. Seb's got a few years to go, as has Lewis in terms of whether he's whether he's motiv- Lewis could go for another ten years, but it's mm. depending on his motivation and how hungry he is. I doubt he'll do a decade, obviously. But in terms of how, you know, if you ke- if we keep him in the right slot, I mean, sky's the limit, you know. Mm. Um, and so I love seeing that. I like seeing the guy, and I wasn't at their level, but I and so I. I but this. There's, there's that still that I think that that brotherhood of like Seb said summed up. I mean, he said, mate, you did my head in. You are such a pain in the ass. You know, Seb said yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were like, you know, like that's. And you were like, ditto. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like high speed corners where it's like, man, what are you doing? Like also last sector in Barcelona. It's like, you know, what? He said for six years I couldn't work out what you were doing there. Really? You know, I said, I couldn't even like even if I tried to tell him, it's like, mate, it's just because it just comes right. Yeah. And there's like Singapore, he'd do my head in, you know. Yeah. So, and ultimately at the line share it because he was he's bloody handy as we know. But those guys, um, naturally, you have a lot of respect for each other because you've mm. done. You know, when you chase each other for two hours and there's a there's a sweaty cuddle at the end of it and you're drenched in champagne, that there's a bit of a glue that goes on there yeah. over time because it just happens so often, yeah. you know, that when you've been up there on those steps for quite often, you do get close. But do you think in the moment you can be friends with your teammate? Because, you know, we see some interesting dynamics up and down the, the pit lane, but it strikes me that there's a kind of understanding between them that even if there isn't an out and out number one, number two, I mean, I'm thinking Lewis and Valtteri and Fernando and Stoffel. I know that that partnership is over now, but one has definitely assumed the role of top dog. Can you actually be friends with your teammate? Um, Formula One is tough to be. I mean, friends socially. What is it from? I mean, you know, do you get on? Are you going to work professionally with them? Then that's acceptable. That's that would be um, above the norm let's say, in terms of how far you're prepared to go. I think when it really stresses, you know, I mean, for example, speaking on, on, on behalf of my own personal experience, David and I got on very well. We were and very open. Do. We still do. Yeah. Because Red Bull, when we arrived, we, you know, the team was, and David was instrumental in bringing a lot of the people, you know, Adrian and you know, getting some great people in there to get things going. But at the end of the day, as we see now with, in my opinion, with like Williams or some of those teams that aren't firing and, you know, over time it takes the, it's like putting weight back on. It's easier to put it back on, but it's hard to bloody lose it. And mm. the same. Like you can go from the front to the back real fast to get back up there. It takes forever. Mm-hmm. But the sparkle and the piece of jewellery and the drive, I think, you know, comes from, well, you need good management, clearly good strong management, but also the cockpit, the people in the cockpits can just inspire a whole workforce. It, Some things are just out of your hands. Is, was that a difficult thing for you to deal with in your career? I mean, I look at the year of 2010 and the, the year that so nearly was for you. Do you look back at that now and think, um, God, that was a bloody good year? Or do you look back and go, shit, you know, what, what could have been? Oh, I mean, 
to go to the last race with Fernando, Lewis and Seb for the championship. It's like, that's that's a bit of a pressure of a season. So we did, it ebbed and flowed all year. We're at each other's throats. I think we all had two crashes in races and Seb um, led the championship at one race that year, the last race. <laughs> so it's amazing how tight it was. But, um, I mean, I would love to have... God, I would love to have passed Nick. Nico Rosberg jumped the uh, sorry. Nico Hulkenberg jumped the first chicane in bloody Monza three laps in a row, where I was trying to jump him, and and that would have that race in Monza was quite interesting in terms of our championship internal momentum. In terms of if that was sort of went a bit smoother for me, there could have been some potential team orders in place in 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 my favour potentially. You know, but there's all these things. It's like. I had to get the move done. I finally passed him. I'm like, Charlie, mate, just, you know, how, you know, so that was a scenario. Was like, well, that was a fine line. Career, if I turned in half a second earlier, I'd probably still be on the road and got a chunk of points here. I didn't. I crashed in Korea. Um, starts, I had a gearbox panel in Canada. I mean, you can look at so many different things, but at the end of the day, also, I put a huge amount of points on the board that year. Mm. Won a lot of races, had a lot of podiums. Um, and come up short of the world championship um, in some pretty handy company, which yeah. you're like, <laughs> okay, it wasn't a bad season at all, um, but it was still, yeah, I, I mean, I was absolutely deflated. I was gutted at the end yeah. of that year, gutted. Yeah. Listen, thank you for making time in your busy schedule because I know you're all over the shop at the moment, not in a, not you know, literally, not metaphorically. <laughs> you're very much together. Yeah. Uh, listen, it's been lovely talking to you, so thank you. And um, I hope to see well, which race. Actually, no, I'm not doing any more races this season. Yeah, I'm doing That's me done. More. Which ones are you doing? Uh, Singapore, Austin, Abu Dhabi. Oh, look at you picking the best ones. I'll yeah. see you in Abu Dhabi. I'll be there. Good. Excellent. Thank you. Bring your sunnies. <laughs> Amazing. Good. Legend. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.